Welcome to the Business Legends Podcast, where we interview business leaders and entrepreneurs so that we can learn from their successes. Our listeners can pump up their own inspiration, and we can learn the motives behind the people that make change happen. I'm the host of the show, Reese Arlen, along with my co-host, Christian Webb. Say what's up. Sponsored by Selkirk. Sponsored by Selkirk. Oh my God, don't start. <laughs> don't start on that. That's an inside joke. We'll explain that in a minute. And to Today, we have Lena Lumelski. I got it right. I'm so happy with myself. With Woland Webb. Good morning, Lena. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. I would just, I would just like to point out that I forgot our backdrop that, that Kaylee uh, so, so graciously prepared for us. So yes. today, today, we have a black screen backdrop, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But usually, it says Business Legends with Reese and Christian there. It's really cool. And we missed it. And what was the inside joke? Selkirk? Selkirk. Oh, yeah. Pickleball. So. Pickleball. I bought a gearbox paddle, and Christian bought a Selkirk paddle, and ever since then, it's been one of those rivalries that just won't stop. So, um, but enough about us. Lena, tell us about about Woland Web. Um, Woland Web is a website services company. Mm-hmm. We design, build, host, and maintain websites. Uh, we have been in business for 17 years. Wow. I started this business as a solopreneur. I um, had young kids at, kids at the time, and uh, for the first several years of the business, it was just me and uh, um, one designer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, about four or five years ago, I became very intentional about growing the company, and um, we are now. Um, team of nine. Wow. Do you regret it? Do you want to go back and be (laughs) casual casual again? Well, um, uh, there are moments. Yeah, there are moments uh, that uh, it's easier to be small. But before I started the business, I had a pretty high paced uh, career in the corporate world. And I missed that in a way. I didn't. And that's why I started a small business, mm-hmm. but then I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my career was in investment uh, banking IT. I worked for Goldman Sachs and Deutsche Bank and Merrill Lynch, and I started out as a programmer. Yeah, those are and, all the expensive words. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I uh, was managing departments of computer programmers servicing internal clients um, of the bank, and I had to deal with clients, and I had a big team of 50, 60 people. Wow. And I traveled around the world, and... Um, I did miss that part of it. I didn't. Um, there were aspects of the corporate world that I did not miss, but of course. Um, and um, I really enjoy small business ownership, and um, I think I'm at um, at a point in my business where I have both. There are a lot of people that I work with, both clients and on the team, and. Um, yeah. I've always liked making connections and um, basically helping people. And um, I feel like uh, business ownership offers the opportunity to do do both. I can get behind that. So back when you made a decision to switch from casual to intentional business, um, what what happened there? Like what made you change? so there were <laughs> there were a couple of different things. One of them uh, is that I 
found myself in a position where 67% uh, of my revenue was coming from a single client. Oh, wow. And um, on one hand, uh, that was fantastic because, you know, the work kind of fell on me. And uh, on the other hand, I recognized that it was a very dangerous thing mm -hmm. to do. So uh, while keeping that client happy and doing everything we needed to do there, mm -hmm. I started growing the rest of the business so that um, it wouldn't be like that anymore. And I'm happy to report that at this <laughs> point, I don't have any clients that bring more than 10% of my revenue. And that feels that makes me feel yeah. more Even 10% is a little sketchy, though. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I know. Ideally, it should be even under that. But, one day. Um, <laughs> one <laughs> day. But it's definitely... Um, in order to, to do that, I needed more people, more structure, more intention. And I joined uh, EOA program, uh, EO Accelerator program, and it really changed uh, how I looked at things. Um, and um, I learned a lot. Uh, I realized that uh, there is a science behind this, you know. Um, most business owners don't, uh, even if they have a degree in business, they learn everything in the school of hard knocks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, school of business uh, isn't doing anything right. for you. <laughs> He's Absolutely. taking a shot at me right now, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> but, but you know, I, there there is something to that. Um, you know, I think I think every experience you have in life, whether it's school or school of hard knocks, where you come from, I mean, they, they all contribute to the person that you are. And it's funny because uh, two careers ago, I, I bought and sold cars, for instance. And um, believe it or not, there's so much in the marketing profession that comes from things that I learned buying and selling cars. Um, it's kind of strange, but, um, you know, we had a great guest on our show, Eric Powell, a couple um, episodes ago. And one of the things that he attributes his success to in life is the one thing that he focuses on is is relationships, building and maintaining. And um, he says, if you got that on on lockdown, all you have to do from there is just try your hardest. You know, try to do what's right by your customer. Try to, um, you know, provide them with a high quality of work, stuff like that. So, um, I want to ask: seventeen years in business is incredible, first and foremost. Um, so now you have a team of nine. Um, I'm wondering how your role in the company has changed over that amount of time. So um, where you started, I don't know, maybe you were maybe you were doing it all. Maybe you were, you know, designing websites and handling a lot of a lot of client stuff and, you know, customer service and stuff. How, how have you adapted your role as you've grown? Um, I definitely, my role definitely changed a great deal. Um, so my um, education is in computer science. Mm -hmm. I have a bachelor's and master's in it. And while um, I very quickly realized that I uh, like dealing with people more than sitting in front of the computer, and that's why I went up the management uh, ladder, I still remembered how to code. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, in order to put a website together, one had to know how to code. Sure. So the, for the first two years, I basically both designed and coded. And then I realized that I'm not a designer, even mm -hmm. though I like all things beautiful. I um, am not necessarily making things look beautiful. and. 
I hired a really great designer. Um, at that time, she just finished um, university. She's still with me after all these years. Wow. She's now creative director uh, for the company, and um, she worked with me full time. Then she worked in New York for a couple of um, agencies, and then when she moved back to the Carolinas, she came on as a creative director, and she's very much my right hand and um, the creative inspiration of the company. So for a while, it was just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with a bigger team, um, I neither code um, nor... At the time, she designed, I coded, uh, she coded some, I sold. By this point, my role is definitely running the business, which by itself is a job. And, for sure. Um, and um, managing my people, and I really focus on my people. I feel like they're the biggest asset my company has, and um, we try to recruit only the A players, the Mm -hmm. ones that are um, amazing, and I really feel like my team at this point is amazing. And uh, business development is... um, something that I handle uh, for the company uh, so I I, I'm, I do a lot of networking I build relationships and that's always what so I, I very much agree with what you just said about uh, Eric Powell it's all about relationships and business both in sure. terms of getting the business and in terms of making the customers happy. Mm-hmm. So um, I make absolutely sure to have relationships with my clients and with my referral sources and with the various partners um, that we have and just around the business um, community, uh, same as in my personal life. I'm a connector and uh you're the matchmaker for people (laughs) she said connector i knew what you really meant and i have uh i like kind of organizing things so i'm I'm volunteering for organizations and i'm and um it all um it all comes together sure I yeah. feel like I'm in a great it's crazy place. To, it's crazy to think now. about because like everybody tries to reach out to like the entire United States to do business. So we're kind of guilty of this as well. Sure. Because we have we probably have business in almost every state. Most almost. of them. Yep. If not, we've had business in every state. Yep. And I think um, we're missing some Dakotas, but you know. <laughs> but it, yeah, yeah, but, uh, some Dakotas for sure. Yeah. But if you just drive from like exit 28 to exit five. You pass like ten thousand businesses at least. Yeah. yeah. So you the business just, is there. If you just got to know the people of the area, everybody needs your help at some point. Yeah. You could grow an entirely well-established business off ex- off Highway seventy seven. Sure. I uh, one of the things I wanted to add is you know when I was in grad school, <laughs> when I was in grad school, <laughs> we talked about the sphere of influence of business, and so you know if you if you pinpoint your office location, whether it's your home office or your whatever office. Um, and you start to kind of draw a spiral outwards, the people that are most likely to do business with you statistically are the people that are closest to the to your location. Um, whether, whether you're a national company, regional company, local company, any of the above, it's just all about the sphere of influence with that. Um, one thing that you said that I just wanted to ask you about because of our incredibly uh, interesting relationship is, um, you know, you, you hired on your now creative director a long time ago. And it sounds to me like... You guys have a wildly different personality. Is that correct? 
we are different in some ways. We are similar in others. Sure. It's funny. We did a disc, um, the profile, and oh, yeah. um, the uh, our kind of... St- our trajectories mm-hmm. on that disc diagram were almost identical. Oh, interesting. Which I would not guess from, because yeah. uh, uh, I'm definitely a lot more, I guess, outgoing, and yeah, she yeah. seems more reserved, but um, turns out we are very similar, and we are both perfectionists, and we both make sure that nothing leaves our um, shop uh, that we basically crossed all the T's and mm-hmm. uh, dotted all the I's. That's and, great. That's, uh, a, that's a great habit to have in general. Together. Those tests for me are like so hard to know if they're honest or not. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like the reason is, is like the questions are like, are you a perfectionist or not? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. well, not means I'm disorganized. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a perfectionist. I'm pretty organized. Yeah. I feel like somebody had to follow you around with a camera and just like while you're not watching, yeah. like, they don't, you don't even know they're there and they just watch you do things all yep. day. And they're like, this is what we know you are. Yeah. Con- confirmation bias is a real thing. I mean, it's it's a struggle of any, of any system of polls because, yeah. you know, a lot of times people will answer something based on who they are want to be versus who they accurately represent themselves to be, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I always ask the questions when you have partnerships like that, because, um, you're, you're literally like singing harmony right now because Christian and I are very different and yet the same at times, you know, we have a lot of the same goals and aspirations and whatnot, but our personalities are wildly different. And, um, the, those differences definitely have um, revealed themselves over the course of the last five years, for sure. I can't speak for you, but oh, sure. um, yeah, it's it's just interesting whenever you have a partnership like that. So I just want to ask about that. Um, so so again, seventeen years is incredible. Um, one of the things that we like to ask people is we we talk about innovation quite a bit, and I know web design has changed drastically in that amount of time. Um, can you touch on how that's changed and and then follow up just so you know it's coming? Um, I, I want to talk about where you think it's going and and what you think the future is for it as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, web design changed absolutely dramatical, and that's actually um, it's kind of a side trip trajectory, but that's why I specifically hire people that um, adapt well, because in our industry, you have to be able to adapt all the time. Mm -hmm. When we started 17 years ago, it was all pretty much HTML, and unless you had a strong programmer that knew how to code on on staff, Mm -hmm. uh, you could not put websites together right now the field really changed there sure. are a lot of templates out there there are b- website builders like Wix and squarespace um we build in wordpress and uh, we build custom websites uh, we start at design level and even though WordPress is um, our platform of choice because it comes with a built-in a content management system and um, because it's search engine friendly, um, nevertheless, every design that we do is custom and uh, WordPress is versatile enough to allow for that. But, um, but yeah, um, from the very beginning where you basically were doing everything very, very manually, right now there are all these 
components uh, that you can purchase that uh, will perform a specific function within the website. Uh, but um, it also is very important to know how they work together uh, so they don't conflict with each other. It's important to keep the website secure. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure there were hackers. We've had crazy issues with that also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there were hackers before, but right now it seems like it's a whole industry. Yeah. There are uh, sure. people trying to hit... Um, websites with outdated software with outdated versions of software or plugins which are components of the website and uh, for that reason it's very important to keep them up to date and that's a job in itself oh, I actually yeah, have I somebody on the team since we handle hosting for our clients as well we have somebody on the team who manages the hosting environment and upgrades wordpress and uh, upgrades the plugins and um, runs security checks to make sure that our clients don't get hacked mm -hmm. and um, so that's never um, fun to get hacked yeah, <laughs> yeah no, sure. absolutely so that's one of the ways this changed i think it became more industrialized how they how they hit you um, and then just the way the designs the websites look right now changed mm -hmm. uh, back then for they sure were, you know small and uh, if you wanted a mobile phone which I think was a, sorry a mobile website which I think wasn't the thing when we started but mm -hmm. then a few years down the road it became the thing because smartphones became prevalent uh, people had a whole different mobile website from a their main website and so there were basically two and now a single website needs to adapt to all kinds of devices out there. The iPads, the yeah, tablets, the and tablets and wide uh, phones and small yep. screens and obviously various desktops. And um, that's been very that's been very interesting yeah. <laughs> as well. But by now, I mean, unless it looks perfectly on every device, it's not a great product yeah. so we focus on that a lot um in terms of where i think this is going from what i'm reading in industry research is um video is becoming more and more prevalent uh people don't like to read as much sure and um so while text is still important and it is important for the search engines, uh, that's the other thing. The mm -hmm. websites have to be search engine friendly and yep. those rules change all every the time. Day. Yep. Yeah, every day. Um, use of um, videos and use of photography that is more original, um, Yes, it's already there, but I think it will only grow uh, with time. Sure. So uh, I feel like that's very important. And uh, we, while we don't do photography and videography ourselves, we partner with uh, businesses that do. And um, I think those partnerships will become even more important uh, down the road. Absolutely. Um, um, I, I mean, I'll give Christian some credit. Um, Christian's definitely the forward thinker of BMSG, and and he's the one that <laughs> he's he's the one that 
when it comes to strategic partnerships, you know, he's the one that reaches out and does uh, the business development pieces and, and figures out partnerships and stuff. And, um, you know, it, it's amazing because I always think about like the opportunity cost of like what happens if you don't, for example. So if you if you don't find good photographers and videographers, and I know you already have, you've already started that that ball rolling, right? But if you don't, you know, not that your designs will become obsolete, but there's a there's a concern that they won't be, you know, top of the notch anymore, top highest quality type of type of product to deliver. Um, one of the things you said that um, kind of prompted a question in my brain is. Um, it's incredible to think about how much websites have changed in, in our lifetimes. But, um, you know, starting in, say, 2008 plus or minus, you know, these these things came around called iPhones. And, um, you know, all of a sudden everything had to be mobile optimized very quickly. Yes. Um, so the thing that I wanted to touch on is, um, you know, how, how did you remain ahead of that curve? And what I mean by that is, you know, did you see it coming to where you knew that everything would have to be mobile optimized as soon as iPhones came out? Um, did you see it in the industry? And how did you educate your staff ultimately to accommodate to that change? Um, well, in all honesty, I did not foresee it right away mm -hmm. uh, when they started coming out. Um, you know, they seemed like really cool toys, sure. uh, but uh, it VR. <laughs> yeah, it took a while to realize that, um, you know, the website that looks good on somebody's computer will look absolutely horrible on somebody's phone because, you know, right. everything is tiny. Um, I follow industry news. I, um, I do a lot of networking. I pretty much grew my business by networking. Um, and I've always spoken with different business owners and I'm a lifelong learner. So I always am in this program or taking these classes. So I very quickly realized that is um, out there and I learned about it on the high level mm -hmm. and then kind of brought it to my team that then um, learned it on, you know, the, the low level because that, sure. by that point I wasn't really doing the implementations uh, myself anymore. The team was very small yeah. at that point and um, they adapted once once again, adaptability. Yeah. Um, last year we defined our core values um, and adaptability um came out to be one of the main mm -hmm. ones uh pretty much everyone that joined my company did not do what they're doing now um it's a great which point is in, which is i mean we're, we're the same way in many ways true. um i mean you know we yeah <laughs> i didn't even think about it until you just said it but um i i think that's the nature of of anything online i yeah. mean it, you just can't stop it yeah. you know um it's it, it's incredible to see that. Um, you'll laugh about this, by the way. Um, one of the when Christian and I put our heads together and started this business five years ago, we we were thinking about what values we wanted to start the company with. And one of mine, I don't know if you if you know what I'm going to say or not, but um, one of mine, one of the values that I wanted to start the company with, I said I want to be paperless. That that was one of the things that I started with. And I know that's bizarre, um, but it's one of those things where 
you know, coming from school, coming from the car industry where you have a 74-page, you know, contract every time that you could just as easily sign with a, with a you know, stylus or whatever. Um, it just drove me nuts. And then whenever it came down to um, finding these papers, whether it was in like a folder or whatever, you just never could, you know. And so it just drove me nuts. So that was one of the strange yeah. things. Pretty much that, been paperless. Yeah. Uh, minus our uh, When we RF have to print out an RFP. RFP. That's it. Yeah. That's the only time. And that's government stuff where you have to print it out and send it, yeah. you know. But yeah. So we have a printer, but, yeah. you know. It gets used very, very little. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say we are pretty paperless at this point as well. And we were virtual from the very beginning, wow. and we still are. Um, so I guess that's kind of part of the history of my business. I um, left my corporate career uh, to go on maternity leave uh, with my first child. And the day she turned two months old, September 11th happened. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was in Manhattan, and I wow. was working for Merrill Lynch at the time. I was on maternity leave from Merrill Lynch, which is right across the street there. Oh, my gosh. And um, I basically, even though I had a full intention of going back to you know, work, and I had it all worked out, how I was going to work part-time, and you know all these beautiful ideas you have before a child is actually born yeah, of how yeah, your yeah. life is going to be. Christian's going through that right now, yeah. Um, at, at that point, I realized that I just can't leave her, sure. you know, in the situation that we are all in. And when I did start this business four years later, uh, my intention was to um, basically be able to work because I guess I am too active, um, <laughs> Not to. <laughs> you, you, you are Christian Webb, by the way. You're the female <laughs> version of Christian Webb. <laughs> but at the same time, I knew that, you know, my previous job was a kind of a 12 to 16 hours a day gig. Oof, and wow. I knew I could not do that with a child at home. And I eventually had a second and a third. So I started this business to be able to have some kind of work-life balance. Mm -hmm. and in the opposite direction. In the, in a, well, yeah, more life and less work. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah, to have both. And um, so initially, I guess, I was hiring people that, and I still do, that value a remote um, env environment. Sure. I, th I think that probably will... You know, when it comes to making new hires and stuff, as your business grows even right. further, um, Christian and I, we 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 bit the bullet on this one because we went back and forth so many times after COVID and all that. Of you know, do we make work from home an option? Do we have people come in on a dynamic schedule? Like what what's our schedule? And we what we decided was, look, we're gonna we're gonna have to watch them like a hawk. We're gonna have to watch their productivity very much. And for us, you know. If as long as somebody's getting the job done, we, we don't care what time they're doing it, really. I mean, as long as the job and the productivity is there, like things happen in life. You have a doctor's appointment or whatever, and maybe you work a couple hours, six to eight or something. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that the future of any administrative work on the computer is work from home. Um, I think it's just too attractive and too appealing. I think people are going to um, are going to really stick with it. Um, well, we're running out of time, um, so I always like to ask somebody a fun or funny question towards the end. Um, and, and, never comes up and I never come up with one, so, so I, I sit I, here. So I have a fun I, question. Okay, yes. So, awesome. so what do you think? No, he's going to talk about VR. I guarantee So how do you think augmented reality See? and virtual reality is going to affect Ruining websites my day. in the future? Is it going to be like the mobile device? 
or is it are you going to have to reoptimize for VR, or do you think it's going to completely transform? Um, I mean, the honest answer is no, a bunch I of toys. <laughs> is I do not know uh, when you know mobile phones came out. Um, Nobody could have predicted no their impact. No one predicted. Even I mean, I'm going to date myself here, but when the browser came mm-hmm. out. Uh, my um, husband actually was a grad student in University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign at the time, mm-hmm. and the first browser was developed a floor above him oh, uh, wow. while he yeah. was in grad school. And they all, you know, downloaded it on their computers, but they all thought it was a toy. No mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. realized how it would revolutionize yeah. everything that we do in life. So yeah. here's why I think it's going to change drastically. <laughs> and this is, so I was, because I'm... He's going to ask you your opinion, and then he's going so, to tell you why it's so, right. So, so, no, not while I'm on right. <laughs> so, so, look, so, with VR, I, <sighs> me as a business owner, I have thought about bringing my team in on, because they're all virtual now, and the whole world's going virtual, right? So how do you do team meetings? You do virtual reality team meetings. So when you're in there and you're talking about who to partner with and who you're going to use, and this is my inspiration, how do you pull those screens? How do you pull those pieces of websites? How do you pull the assets from those companies? They would have to come from a source, right? Something in a website would somehow have to come through that meeting and be used and presented to everyone. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't know how that's going to work. But when it happens, you're going to have a lot of work. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so it's important yeah. to stay on top of that. Absolutely. I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming. So, yeah. I'm I, excited to see I, it. I agree with you. It will Every change, episode. Uh, it will change our life and, and, and our businesses once again. But... Hey, uh, we adapted a lot of times, and we're gonna adapt again. Oh, it'll yes. change us too. Like people will be For like, sure. "How do you? Uh, how do we get?" We're already getting the metaverse. Yeah. yeah, I am. I'm starting to get inquiries about the metaverse already. Really? Yeah, um, it's like so-so, like high qu- uh, quality, uh, quality metaverse conversations, but mm-hmm. they're not there yet. Yeah. For sure. Well, Lena, uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, let's say somebody wants the best website ever. How can they get a hold of you? Um, well, they can uh, look at my website, which is wallandweb.com. Okay. Um, and um, all my contact information is there. Perfect. And I would love to hear from people. And thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and um, asking me to be a guest on your show. Absolutely. Very excited to be here. And it's, um, it's great to be working together. Well, thank you so much. It's been a great show.